0: Welcome to the Golden Hills Podcast Daily, where you can spend a few minutes each day with us to meditate on God's Word. Now, here's today's encouraging message. Hello, I'm Vinny Angelo, and I serve at Golden Hills as the coordinator of small group curriculum and adult education. And today's Golden Hills Podcast Daily will be in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. And you have heard that it was said What more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. In Matthew 5.48, Jesus is giving a sermon that basically says, if you want to be my disciples, you have to be perfect. What do you think of when people talk about being perfect? You know, nowadays we have so many social pressures uh, that's, just talked about in our communities or we see constantly in media that says we have to be perfect. Athletes have to be perfect in everything they do. We scrutinize any mistake they make at the youngest level. Uh, our behavior has to be perfect, right? Uh, we we act and pretend to be perfect as a family, even though we know we're faking it, right? Uh, or we pretend to be morally perfect in front of our own families. We, we think if my parents only knew Or if my kid only knew this about me. We also have so many pressures to just look perfect. I mean, everything is Instagrammable and and everyone's a model. And there's uh, filters to make yourselves look perfect. I don't know if we've ever lived in a time that is more focused on perfection. But what are the things that culture tells us we need to be perfect in as opposed to the things that God tells us we need to be perfect in. This passage in, in chapter five is one of the few times that Jesus demands people be perfect, but it's interesting about the thing that we ought to be perfect in. Let's go through the text just a little bit in, in verse 43, when this passage starts, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy there's a little bit of an old Testament background here of loving your neighbor. This is actually from the Torah in Leviticus 19 that, that says you're supposed to love your neighbor. And that would mean a fellow Jewish person, Uh, your neighbor in the old Testament would be someone who worships the same God that you do by the time of Jesus's uh, you know, era of living in the first century, especially when you have a Roman occupied uh, Judea, you have lots of enemies. And it was actually a popular teaching that you actually hate your enemy. And so who was the enemy? The enemy was Gentiles. The enemy was Rome or any Roman sympathizers. It was okay. It was encouraged to hate these people. It wasn't virtuous to love them in that culture. You know, today we give permission to hate certain groups of people. We basically say, if you're not like me, I get to hate you. And, we're usually not as blatant as saying, if you don't look like me in race, but we oftentimes say, if you're not like me in terms of your religion, maybe you you belong to a different religious group. Uh, most popularly, we say, if you don't belong to my political group, it's virtuous to hate the other side, that the other side is the enemy. That That's the, what our culture tells us today. Jesus goes on in verse 44, he says, "'But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus corrects this bad and popular teaching of his time. When he says you have heard it said, he's not referring to the Old Testament like the Old Testament gave people permission to hate people. He's saying you heard it said by modern rabbis, by the, by the modern religious teachers, by our culture has said this. Jesus turns this upside down. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you love your enemies who is my enemy well ultimately it's anyone who opposes us or god and it's not something that's connected to our gender and our dna or our nationality or economic status or our political status our enemy is is a bigger thing it could be anyone it could be someone who looks like me or or doesn't but what are we ultimately to pray for here's what we pray for not that god changes the person there's a sense of yeah god change other people's hearts But what we normally see, whether it's in this section of Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount or even in Romans 12 or passages like that, it's that we pray that God softens our own hearts. You know, we're saying, God, help me love my enemies. It's not, hey, God, please don't have someone be mean to me anymore. They're going to be mean if they're going to be mean. But how do I respond in that situation? God, soften my heart towards people who are horrible to me. God, grant me peace. To live with this person, as far as it depends on me, live peacefully with others. And we do pray, say, God, show them mercy. And God, show us mercy and grace to show them mercy. God, we pray that the other person would experience your love so that they would not want to act in a certain way. But first and foremost, allow me to experience your love so I can show grace, regardless of what the other person is doing. And this just brings us back to, in Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Why are they mourning? Because life is difficult. They have enemies. Guess what? They will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed Blessed are the merciful, they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. This is all about us and how we respond. It's not asking God to change our circumstances. God to change my attitude in the circumstance. Verse 45. Why do you pray for this? So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the just and the unjust. We do this so that this is the reason why we pray he even sends rain on the just and the unjust. He, he gives his common grace to all kinds of people, everyone. Because God gives mercy to all, when we show mercy to our enemies, we're actually showing them how great Yahweh is. And hopefully they'll want to follow Yahweh too. Verse 46 and 47. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Jesus is saying, don't only show mercy to people who look like you. Or don't show mercy to just the people who look or act or believe like you do. You know, true love is costly. Sacrifice must be involved. This is what makes a bond with a parent and their child so special. (laughs) Parents, you know, you sacrifice a lot. And that's what makes the relationship special. So to to actually show love to your enemy means you're going to have to give something up. Maybe it's our pride. Who knows what it is? We need to give that up and live meekly because blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. You know, we live in a society even now that says it's okay to have enemies. And we see this all throughout. Everything is polarized in this society. We're actually oftentimes defined by what we're not than what we are. We we feel like if someone else believes something, we need to go to the exact opposite end of the spectrum in order to uh, prove that we have no point of contact with them. We have an honor and shame society. We we need to have our street cred where we never shame ourselves or admit that our enemy is correct on anything. But Christian, our job is to be a peacemaker, not a side taker. We should look different than the world. Jesus finally concludes this saying, You therefore must be perfect, just as your heavenly father is perfect. He says, Therefore, in light of everything I've just said, because I've told you all this, here's what I want you to do be perfect, just like God is. Okay, that's obviously an impossible task. God is perfect in how he loves other people, even the people who oppose him. And so, this is what Jesus says, Hey, you guys. You go do this too, love perfectly. But who can be perfect like God? I can't, I'm terrible at just being good. How can I be perfect? Okay. Here's the thing though. God tells us to be perfect in one thing. It's in how we love him and others. This is what we to, are to strive to do, to be perfect in in this area. Okay. And we do this by means of the spirit who empowers us. And we remember the cross. We ask God to soften our hearts and we ask Jesus to work in and through us. We ask God to help us care about the things he cares about. We we, we we do this ultimately by remembering the gospel. What we do is we say, God, I was infinitely horrible towards you. I was your enemy and you showed me mercy and love. Therefore, help me show mercy and love to other people who in reality are way less horrible than I was towards you. When we do this, we are on our way to becoming perfect and loving others, just as our Father in Heaven is perfect and loving others, including how He loves us. We hope today's episode was a blessing to you. Please make sure to subscribe to the Golden Hills Podcast in your favorite podcast app, like Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can always find us on the web at www.goldenhills dot org.